so we're staying in, all of us are staying in all ages for the whole service. And I'm going to need everyone's help because I've hidden some symbols around the church. Some are on the edges, some are on the seat, but they have to be in the right order. So the first thing I'm looking for that I'd love you to help me to find and bring up to the front is a big leaf. So can anyone see a big leaf? And if you find a big leaf, please bring it up to the front. We're going to tell the whole story about Holy Week and Easter leading up to the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Robin, brilliant. Come on ahead. Woo-hoo. Fantastic. That is brilliant. Thank you so much. Great. We'll put that up there. Fantastic. In fact, you want to hold it for a wee second? You hold it for a wee second. And uh, so that is exactly what people were doing on Palm Sunday. They were, give it a good wave, Robin, good wave. Maybe a bit of footwork as well. So Palm Sunday, people took off their garments, threw it in the ground. They waved palm branches and they shouted, anyone remember? Hosanna! And Hosanna means save now. And that's exactly what Jesus came to do. He came to save now. But he came to do it in a way that no one expected. He came as a king, but came as a king different than any other king. And the king, I should, I should really stand beside you. I'm not, I'm not sure what's going on here. All I can see is no one is watching me at the moment. That's, that's all I can see. It's not about me, but no one's watching me. But anyway, that's, that's a, I should really sit down. So the people who are waving branches, like Robin's waving them now, didn't understand why is this man, this this person, he was a prophet, a teacher, riding into Jerusalem on a donkey. And the donkey was the chosen mode of transport of the king. And so for years, Jesus had been living quietly, saying to people, please uh, don't tell people who I am. Your dad's come to help you. Isn't that very good? Your dad's come to help you. That's good. And um, so they, I've lost my concentration. <laughs> anyway, a king unlike any other. And, uh, but he was, Jesus was purposely saying, I am the king. On Palm Sunday, for the first time in three years, he was writing in publicly and he was saying, I am the king. But he was a king unlike any other because throughout history, Often what happens is kings and queens say, I want you to die for your country. And people have died in hundreds of thousands for their country. Jesus came to say, I am going to die as king so that you may live. So he's a king unlike any other. And so people who are waving the palm branches, they wanted a king. They want to be part of the big celebration. But they actually didn't know the type of king Jesus was going to be. Let's give Robin a round of applause. Robin, well done. Brilliant. Super. Great. Now, the next thing we're going to look for is some coins. Can anybody see a bag of coins? Bag of coins. Brilliant. Both of you come up. Both of you. Yeah, great. Yeah. It's all about reconciliation. Come on ahead. Brilliant. Two of you come up and hold those coins. And let's see, there were 30 silver coins that now, can anyone remember who would have had this wee bag of silver coins? Anyone remember? Judas, exactly, that is right. And Judas said, he went to the religious leaders and he said to them, what will you give me? And they said, if you tell us where Jesus is at a certain time when there's no crowds around, 
we will give you 30 pieces of silver. And so that is what happened. And uh, he got these 30 pieces of silver. And uh, these are five Ps. There wouldn't have been five Ps in those time, but these are five Ps. And uh, the thing about Judas is that we're going to give some of you some wee coins each. Put out your hands. Great. There you go. And everybody even. So I think Judas was actually a very smart guy. It could be that Judas was the most intelligent man among the disciples. The thing was that Judas didn't like the way things were going. He didn't want Jesus to be the type of king that it looked as if Jesus was going to be. And so Judas decided that he would take the silver coins and he would betray his friend. And I think, I wonder if Judas thought, I think that in the end, Jesus and the other disciples will thank me for what I'm doing. I wonder if he thought that in the end, Jesus really wanted him to do what he was doing. I think Judas wanted Jesus to be a king in which there'd be more earthly power, there'd be more wealth, and there'd be more recognition. And Judas thought, Jesus deserves this. I can see that he deserves this. Because Judas was such a close friend of Jesus. Judas went around telling people when he was sent out on mission with the other disciples, he went around and he told people the kingdom of God has come near in Jesus Christ. And not only that, Judas would have been among the team. He went out and he would have healed the sick and he would have cast out demons. So Judas knew about the power that Jesus had. He just wanted Jesus to be a different type of king than Jesus had come to be. So brilliant, you can keep your coins and off you go, brilliant, super. Next thing is, let's give a round of applause. Well done, Victoria and Elizabeth, super job. Now, a loaf of bread. Anybody find a loaf of bread, please? Have a wee good look around. Anyone can find a loaf of bread, please bring it up because this is the next part of the story. Brilliant, Rebecca, fantastic, come on up. If you stand there and hold that bread for a wee second, that is fantastic. Now, that looks like nice, white, fluffy, delicious sourdough bread. That wouldn't have been the type of bread that Jesus would have had at the Last Supper, the Passover meal with his disciples. Jesus and the, his disciple of friends, who were all Jews, would have got together in this upper room, and uh, Judas was there too, and they had this Passover meal together. Now, the thing about the Passover is that the Passover was to celebrate freedom from slavery for the people of Israel out of Egypt. And so on that first night, Moses, inspired by God, said to all, all the families, prepare a lamb and sacrifice the lamb and smear the blood of the lamb on the doorpost of the house. Then when God's judgment comes, it's good to have as much help as possible, is always welcome. And uh, in fact, that's Moses, isn't it? This is Moses. Moses, great to see you. This is Moses. And Moses told the people what to do, to smear the doorposts with blood. And that's what the people did. And then Moses led, beautifully, <laughs> led the people of Israel out of the promised land. No, into the promised land, out of the land of slavery. And uh, it was only the firstborn of the Egyptian families that died 
the Israelite families were passed over. And Moses led the people of Israel out. And they had that first Passover meal still within the land of Egypt. And they baked bread. It wasn't nice fluffy bread like that. It was flat, crispy bread. And they would have every year remembered this Passover as the deliverance from slavery in Egypt. The thing about the bread they would have eaten, they didn't have any yeast, would have been when Jesus at the Last Supper took the bread, gave thanks to God for it, and he said, this is my body. This was Jesus reforming the Passover meal. This was Jesus making it his own because it was all about him. And he said, this is my body which is broken for you. And as he broke it, it would have gone, it's like a big poppadom. He would have gone, this is my body broken for you. And then he would have said, take, eat, this is my body broken for you, um, and then do this in remembrance of me. And so there are two symbols that we're going to put on the table today that are the most important symbols, and that's the bread, the swinging loaf of bread, and the next symbol as well, which are very, very special ones. They're actually called sacraments, and what it's about is basically saying these are the two most important symbols of all in Jesus' mind. Because he said, I promise you that when you get together and you eat the bread and drink the wine, then I am going to be in, in, the, in your midst. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to meet with you in the place where you have that meal. Rebecca, thank you so much. That is brilliant. Fantastic. Wonderful. Now, a bottle of wine. Anyone got a bottle of wine? A bottle of red wine. Fantastic. Brilliant. You're not going to stand up here, are you? I'm going to stand with it. Fantastic. Okay. That was clear, wasn't it? Yeah. So the other sacrament, the other special symbol is wine. Now, in the Old Testament, there is no mention at the Passover meal of people drinking wine. There's a mention of lamb. There's a mention of bread. There's a mention of bitter herbs, but not the wine. And it was only in the New Testament that we hear mention of the wine. That's because over the years, the people of Israel, the Jewish people, they began to, they drank wine four times during the Passover meal. Sometimes from different cups, sometimes from the same cup. And the third time they drank the wine, the Passover meal was after the supper, after they'd eaten. And the Bible in the New Testament says to us, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he said, this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Now, the third cup of the Passover in Jewish tradition is the cup of salvation. So Jesus purposely chose the third cup of the Passover and he said, this is my blood. This is the blood of salvation. Now, there's a fourth cup which Jesus didn't touch because he said, I'm not going to touch the fourth cup until I come again in my glory and I drink my wine with you in the fullness of the kingdom of heaven. But again, Jesus was taking the Passover meal and he was reforming it and saying, drink this in remembrance of me. 
So those are our two special symbols of bread and wine, where Jesus says, I will meet with you as you remember my death. A bar of soap. Can anybody find a bar of soap? Fantastic. Alexa, brilliant. Alexa, round of applause. Brilliant. Can you, are you going to stand? Are you going to stand? It could have been palm olive. It could have been pears because look at that complexion. That is, it's just like, you're probably, if you're old enough to remember the pears ad, this is like a pears ad. It means you've got lovely skin, Alexa. I just want to tell you. So, a bar of soap. Can anybody think, why would we have a bar of soap in this story? Something to clean hands. What, who, cl- who cleaned their hands during the story? A bowl of water? A basin of water? A crowd? A Roman governor? Yes. Maybe your dad knows the answer. Do you know the answer, John? Pontius Pilate. Pontius Pilate. Jesus was brought. So Judas kissed Jesus, betrayed him to the soldiers. He was brought before Herod and Pilate and the Sanhedrin. And before Pilate, Pilate realized that Jesus had done nothing wrong. He was an innocent man. But the crowd were shouting, crucify, crucify. And so um, Pilate, Pilate said, bring me a basin of water. And he stood in front of the whole crowd and he washed his hands. And he said, I am innocent of this man's blood. The responsibility for this man's blood is yours. Now, Pilate was right and he was wrong. He was wrong about the fact in saying, I am not responsible for this man's blood because he was responsible for this man's blood. But he was right in looking at the crowd and saying, you're responsible. Because the reality is we know that, yes, we are responsible. The reason why Jesus came to live and die was our responsibility. Well done. Do you want to keep a bar of soap? You don't need it, but you can keep that bar of soap. Brilliant. Well done, Alexa. Now, what else do we need? Something made of wood. Anyone see something made of wood? It's small. It might be on a pillar somewhere. It might be over this side of the church. David, come on ahead. Brilliant. Fantastic. We'll have to give David a round of applause as well. Brilliant. I won't ask you to stand and hold it. David, thanks so much. So, it's a little cross, a piece of wood. We have a bigger cross here. We can't see it because we saw it on Good Friday. It was bare. But today, it is covered in greenery and covered in flowers. And that's because this morning we recognize the fact that what people couldn't understand when Jesus was crucified is that the place of the death of Jesus is the place of life for us. And so I love on Easter Sunday every year we we have this symbol of the cross as the place where life begins. Sometimes we think, oh, the cross is the place of defeat and the resurrection is the place where the defeat is overturned. But actually, that's not right. The cross is the place where Jesus conquered sin and death. That's why Jesus said to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, just as the bronze snake is lifted up, was lifted up in the desert to bring healing to thousands of Israelites, so I too will be lifted up. And in that place, healing will be discovered by the people of God. 
The strange thing about the Christian faith is this. The cross is the place of enthronement. The cross is the place where Jesus Christ ascended his throne and showed what it looks like to live a fully glorious life as a complete human being who was willing to utterly do the will of God and in that moment at the same time be the paschal Passover lamb without blemish who was sacrificed for us and the darkness and the sin of the whole world laid in his shoulders and in the mystery of God we went free Christ went to his death Leslie, Bishop Leslie Newbigin said that the the, the resurrection, no, he didn't say, did he say? He said the resurrection is not the reversal of a defeat. It is the proclamation of a victory. Whenever King Charles III is crowned in a few months' time, I imagine there will be blowing of trumpets. Well, the resurrection is like the blowing of the trumpets. It's like, it's not the enthronement. It's basically saying, there's the king. The resurrection is saying, there's the king. A stone, we need a stone now as our final thing. Can anyone find a stone? Brilliant, come on ahead. Fantastic, wonderful, great. Do you want to hold that? Brilliant, thanks Victoria. Now it says on that stone, you are forgiven. Can anyone think where there might be a stone in the Easter story? Any ideas? A stone in the Easter story? Do you know there's a stone in the Easter story? Uh, it went in front of the tomb. Jesus' friends put him in. Well done. Fantastic. It went in front of the tomb and he was put in by Jesus' friends. Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus put him in the tomb on the, just before nightfall on a Friday evening. The massive stone was rolled across the door of the tomb. Jesus' body was inside. And then on Sunday morning, and we had that wonderful reading Katie read for us, and it's all to do with new life and a new start. And so Matthew says, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to the tomb. And what Matthew wants us to understand is this is a brand new beginning. So that's why he uses the language at dawn on the first day of the week because this was the new beginning. It used, it used to be that the Sabbath was seen as the, as, as, the, as the end of the week, time of rest. But for us, the day of rest is the first day of the week. It's the time whenever everything flows. So you and I come together every week on resurrection day, the first day of the week. And this morning, there were crowd of us down with other uh, church members down at Ballyhome Yacht Club and the sun was coming up and it was a, w a wonderful celebration of the fact that everything starts anew whenever uh, Jesus is raised from the dead. In fact, we mark all of our years, Anno Domini, from the time of Jesus, saying everything started new whenever Jesus lived. This morning when we celebrate Holy Communion, we remember that the cross is a place of life. And so not only do we receive the bread and the wine, there'll also be an opportunity for prayer beyond as well. 
because we believe that Jesus Christ is here. He has made everything new. He is making everything new, and he will make everything new. And so we want to invite you to believe that Jesus Christ can heal. He can save. He can rescue. He can restore. All of that will happen in its fullness when Christ returns. But we believe this morning that the healing of Jesus Christ will break into the here and now. All we have to do is ask. I think we should give you a round of applause as well. Bless you. Do you want that stone? You can keep that stone if you want. Brilliant. Let's pray together.